episode 12. Thanks for coming. Let's get started. Here we are, meat and potatoes, and over the last week I've been thinking a lot about love, about harvesting good relationships and what is required of me in doing so, and acceptance has been like this word that keeps rearing its head in all these thoughts, acceptance, acceptance. And I think it comes down to forgiveness as well, which is a struggle. Forgiveness in particular is a struggle that I have with myself. You know, I find that I've learned over my life to be forgiving of other people, but I have a need to be really hard on myself and have a really... um, codependent kind of outlook on my relationships with others whereas I'm always kind of thinking about how I'm coming off to them it's actually very self-centered to be frank and I'm kind of just trying to be aware of it and change it so I say sorry a lot and I'm practicing to do that less Not that I don't want to acknowledge my mistakes, but I want to be more tender with myself and know that stumbles here and there and faux pas in conversation or even speaking sometimes before I think a thought through, those are acceptable, normal um, parts of, of communication. And I want to be more gentle with myself, but it, it also really works inward and then completely outward because I want very much to accept uh, the reality of the people that I want in my life and who they are and so that I come into the relationship with acceptance of what that relationship is going to be and what I want from it and will accept from it. And it doesn't mean that you lower your standards. You know, I think that's sort of a thing that people generally lean in on when they think about accepting somebody. Like, well, that means that I, you know, think what they do is okay. And I don't think it's that so much as it is not judging and trying to understand from where that person comes. I know that I struggle when it comes to those people in our lives personally or even on a larger level that have done egregious things, have made the worst choices, have done things that are absolutely not humane in any way, have been destructive and devastating and horrible. And of course those actions are exactly what they are. They are horrible, they're bad choices, they are all that. And I don't want to give people more pass than they deserve or that they should be given. 
But I think if I'm going to err on any side of this equation, it's going to be on compassion and understanding and acceptance. Because I think I, I personally would be far more secure in who I am knowing that that's how I operated as often as I can with the interpersonal relationships that I have with people. And so, I thought about my dad and my mom too, but I, I thought about my dad a lot. He came into my head a lot because in order for me to have some kind of relationship with him that is not a deficit to my emotional well-being or to my mental well-being, I had to come to a place of not only forgiveness, but in order to actually have, because forgiveness is more about me, right? Like it's, I'm just not going to carry that around, whatever it is, whatever baggage uh, you're carrying because you're not forgiving a moment or a person <clears throat> or yourself. But more than forgiveness, it's about accepting because I want to continue to, in some way, have a relationship with him, even if it's not at all the classic relationship that one would have with their father, whether as a child or adult. I want to have something. I just do. I, you know, whether that's good or bad, I, it's something that I know I want. And so, while he's alive, there's a level of acceptance that I have to have. <laughs> because he is not a perfect person. He is far from it, especially now that I'm a parent. I find many things of my father puzzling, perplexing, and downright selfish, which is also very perplexing because as a parent, I feel like, at least for me personally, and most of the parents I know, it's a very selfless job, you know? It's a selfless state of mind. Um, it is absolutely putting these new people in your life ahead of your own wants and desires, not to the point of misery or self-sacrificing um, your own truth, but certainly, you know, I'd give up my life for my kids, easily. And not just in the physical, tangible way of ending my life, but I, I would give anything I think is, quote-unquote, who I am, my life, for my children, if, 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 if it needed to be done. And I don't think, not I don't think, I know, that that's not the same mindset that my father has. I'm sure when he thinks about it, his ego and his pride will not allow him to be honest with himself that that's really not how he operates, give, putting his children ahead of himself. <coughs> Excuse me. That being said, all those faults of my father's aside, and they are real faults, I have to come to an acceptance of who he is if, in fact, I'm going to talk to him on occasion or go and visit him on occasion. And then I thought, man, this is so much easier for me to do thousands of miles away from my dad because I'm not faced with the possibility of running into him 
or seeing him on the corner or hearing stories from neighbors or other people in my community about my dad. I don't have this tangible constant reminder that he's over there being whatever he is being and doing whatever he's doing and not being the father that I need, I want. Uh, and so acceptance. And I feel like my brothers, my brother and my, my sisters, um, where they live and they happen to live close by my dad, you know, they have a bigger struggle and a harder jagged pill to to swallow when dealing with my dad and so I just want to say that I love my dad and as much as I hold out some hope that he'll have some random awakening and apologize in a sincere real way to my brother who he continues to let down no offense dad if you're listening but hey you're not doing it buddy and that's just the way it is. That's the truth of it. And my sister, who certainly could use a nice, uh, uh, stable, strong father figure uh, to be grandpa. Uh, but we're going to accept who my father is. And whatever level of, of acceptance that myself and my siblings get to is so that we can keep some connection to our father while he walks this planet and I hope to share more of their personal experience because I think the reality of a child-parent relationship, especially once we become adults, is one that we all share. It may not always sound like the exact same circumstances, but I think there's landmines and hurdles that we all sort of come across as we become adults and we see our parents as this you know, more than a two-dimensional figure that is our mom or dad. They are now this human being, and we're far more aware of far more about who they are and what that means to us and how that's influenced us and where we go with that information. And so I hope to have my brother and sister join me. Um, you've heard from my, my brother Tyler, but I have another wonderful brother, Bill, and my sister Bianca, and I hope, and also my sister Vicky, who have, has, have all three lived with the constant um, dilemma of acceptance and forgiveness, and I look forward to sharing how they've coped with that, how they continue to cope with that, and, and hopefully it will help all of you. But let's just all see if we can do a little more accepting <laughs> and a little more forgiving. Happy Morntog to you, sir. Happy Morntog. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is that like ancient English or something back in the Middle Ages? Did they use- You're the one that said it. <laughs> I think it's actually. 
I think I think that's like a cross between some other language and old ancient speak, like a happy morrow to you, sir, or something like that. A good morrow to you. And then have I don't you, uh, Have you been watching a lot of Game of Thrones? Is that what's been going on? <laughs> I miss it. I miss the novelty of what was Game of Thrones when it first started. It turned into a whole night, frankly, of everybody's opinions and who's upset about whether or not it followed the books. Uh, people fronting like they read the books and like, oh, it's nothing like a story. And then, you know, the way they jumped the shark in the last uh, I just, you know, but the but when it started, boy, it was a phenomenon. I used to just excited to hear the opening music and to see the map of you know this fantastical land that never was. Nice, nice. Wait, that was all Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, you should like promote Game of Thrones. It was all. <laughs> Like, what? what is that that you're talking about? <laughs> um, speaking of Game of Thrones, I don't know why people do this because what I'm about to say has nothing to do with Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, but I just, I just talking about Game of Thrones and it's Magic Mind. Um, yeah. Magic. I wanted to do like a promo for Magic Mind, but the only thing I could say was the name of the stuff. So, Magic Mind. I'm about to take my box of Magic Mind arrived today. It's 15 shots. And I'm about to pop one of those jokers right now. Okay, now before you do, because I'm I'm actually glad we get to catch you right in the, like, this is the first time you're taking this. What is Magic Mind? Because well, at first I thought you were just, it was like an analogy of speaking about some behavioral deficit or something i don't know i don't know so what what is magic mind so that's where i fell into some trouble when i was going to do a spot for it is i didn't really have shit else to say about <laughs> well okay but, but, it's, but it's like a pill or it's a drink it's some sort of supplement that uh that is supposed to improve your uh cognitive function brain cognitive function or something give you energy that's it yeah it's a it's like you know like some people take shots of ginseng to help give them energy sure and and, and it's supposed to do all the things that you just said cognitive function focus memory uh, yes. motivation yes yes so, okay yeah. okay so this is a lot like and again neither one of these products i'm about to name another one are not sponsors but we happen to be um embarking on using one of them and now can speak to real time as to whether or not it works and people can look it up on the internet another one that uh, does the same type of thing um from onit.com is alpha brain and that's that video that you sent me of that um attractive english woman <laughs> i don't think she was australian but uh, australian uh that wasn't good that was not good um but anyways no i i think she's english for sure and uh but yeah she was talking about alpha brain same right, type of thing though focus mental cognitive memory energy yada yada right i went to uh to GNC 
to see if they sold it in their store and it no. didn't look like they had any of it. No way. They might have some individual um, supplement ingredients that are combined to create what is um, Magic Mind or Alpha Brain. Uh, but yeah, that those are probably sold individually and you'd have to combine them all together. One this yeah, yeah. We're gonna uh, maybe you could hum a little ditty for us. <laughs> yeah, well, I could definitely do that. When you feel so mad that you wanna roar, take a deep breath and count to four. One. Oh wait, you gotta breathe first. One, two, three, four. And then I got another one for the folks. Come on, folks at home. Who likes to clean? When you want to clean, you need a clean, a clean. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm sorry. Those uh, those little interruptions and breaks right in the middle of a conversation. I wish there was a good pause button. But as of yet, I've not found uh, the function that would let me pause it and then come back to the uh, conversation. So I appreciate you, Tyler, holding down the fort, if you will. Hey, anytime. Just say pause, <laughs> Diddy, next time and i'll be happy to oh, bust out with some other stuff you know <laughs> i've got some I stuff love it. Yeah. i love it i love it i love it i wanted to talk to you i just i i, I fell upon this um this interesting uh, phenomenon of and i guess it's happened all through history where we have words or sayings that we've used um in our casual vernacular in our casual conversation and it now those words are like you know culturally outlawed if you will and not your you're not not your obvious you know cursed words or derogatory or what what seem like derogatory apparently some of what we have been used to saying as catchphrases in in our conversation are historically got a bad history and uh are in some ways being um you know, PC'd out, if you will. People are like, oh, anymore. Oh, nope, nope. You know, I guess because we know better. But, but have you have you heard of some of these new words like, uh, like for instance, gypped? If you've been gypped. Yeah, yeah, gypped. Yeah, does that have something to do with gypsies? It does. It does. It does. It does. Yeah, yeah, and, and offensive to gypsies. Good one. Because I wasn't sure when I first heard. I didn't even realize that that was a. Uh, a negative connotation but obviously it would be if you're referring to gypsies and you're talking about getting a raw deal if you will maybe raw deal is bad i don't know see i'm 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 a really nervous about talking now and let me just say ahead <laughs> of time if there's anybody listening that this is quote unquote triggering uh you know get some coping skills because it's about to be a ride you know coping skills because it's yeah it takes some responsibility yeah yeah i keep mentioning uh um oh now i can't think of her name so forget it i'm not gonna mention her but anyways the peanut gallery have you heard of that like uh you know people using I've heard that, of that but i have no idea what it is yeah peanut gallery comes from the vaudeville days apparently and vaudeville being like the higher class gentleman's club if you will Okay. Uh, back in like the 30s, I guess, maybe even 20s. Uh, and it referred to like the worst seating in a vaudeville show. Um, 
in the establishment, it, it would be like the worst seating that you would want to be sat in. And that oftentimes was where the uh, people of color, black people, probably Chinese people and any people of color, uh, all the white people are of color too. So that's a weird, weird way to say that. But anyway, um, <laughs> they're like absent of color. No, they're white. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyway, not clear. <laughs> weird. But anyway, so yeah, the peanut gallery uh, referred is, is, I guess, has a racial negative connotation. So a lot of people are trying to keep that out of our um, conversational use. How about basket case? What's what? Oh, is basket case <laughs> like Asian or African or something? Because I'm thinking about people who carry baskets on their heads, and I've seen Asian people this do that. This is ugly, bro. Basket. It makes me now, now knowing basket case, I'm like, oh, I don't think I want to use that anymore. Now that one stung me a little bit. You ready? Yeah, what is it? What is it? It, it, it refers back to the time of World War One, and when a soldier would lose all four of his limbs and need to be out in a basket <laughs> oh i'm sorry to God. laugh it's not funny it's oh not funny that, that was a nervous laugh again for the audience i don't want to be triggering anybody i'm not demonic i promise <laughs> but it was it, it, okay so uh yeah so that one stings a little bit i'm like oh yikes yeah. i'm yikes. gonna be a little bit more careful if ever I wanted to call somebody a basket. Basket case is almost like calling somebody a Fruit Loop. And I don't know if that's attached to anything other than the cereal, but Jeepers, if it is attached to something more than that, I need to know. But that's basket, you basket case. You, you basket, yeah, she's a basket case. He's a basket case. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. Uh, what about rule of thumb? The rule of, you know, that's yeah. Oh, that's yeah. What's what's the deal on that uh, one? Oh, so if if you're a woman, this speaks to feminism and where it's come it comes from. And now this is not as um, traced back as as well. But what it, what it used to be is referred to a man was legally a husband. Uh, it was legally allowed to beat a woman. Uh, with a particular instrument, provided it was no thicker than his thumb. Oh, <laughs> Yikes! Another one that's <laughs> literally that's and terrible, man. That's crazy. Are you yeah. sure about these things you're getting? Hey, sound like they're totally valid. Where are you getting this information from? Hey, I I, I heard what I was uh, listening to. Um, I think it might have been the hill, uh, the rising, and uh, with with Crystal Ball and Sagar, and uh, they talked about gypped, I think, and that its roots were from gypsy, and that it was a word that shouldn't be used. I could be getting who said it totally off, by the way, but in any case, um, and it just sparked me as like, oh, there's these words now, and we've known about some of the common ones. You're not supposed to say the R word. Um, What's I hope I don't have to tell you what that oh, is. Uh, sorry, because I, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the R word is. Wrong? No, that's that's not an R word. Okay, <laughs> that's, oh that's, that's like an R. Yes. such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, uh, so, so I think I am right now. <laughs> I think I qualified <laughs> on this phone call. He's an idiot. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, um, 
What else? It, what I, I'll give you. I'll give you a sound that lends itself to dis- describing the R word, which may be getting me even more in trouble. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> okay. I know so- that R word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder if they're gonna yeah. outlaw that noise. Like you just you can't you can't. Yeah, that noise is pretty bad because I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Now we all know yeah. what R word I'm referring to. Let me do it one. No, no, yeah. no. I was like, no, don't do it again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Again, I think that noise is where, can I say it? It's, yeah. it's, it's not a cuss word of mine. So, retarded. Oh, um, no. And, okay. Sorry, yeah. guys. Oh, I did sorry, it. Everybody. I did it. I would much rather say that than do the sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think both are probably uh, as offensive to the people who are offended. And and I, uh, I'm trying to have a little more compassion for people's feelings. Although I will say self-control and self-policing uh, um, important also when you're walking the planet and dealing with things that may quote unquote trigger you. That's why I said, you know, get some coping skills because this is going to be an interesting conversation. Um, I think you have some personal responsibility for how to mitigate your own issues through the world that, you know, it would be a strange world if we were individually with just in this country, 300 uh, million people trying to individually make sure that the world is cushioned and pillowed for each one of those people so that not to, you know, offend or hurt or, you know, make uncomfortable. Come on. That that just right. sounds like it. Well, that that to me, the word retarded is more along the PC, exactly what you just spoke about, whole arena. And gypped and rule of thumb there is some true historic kind of dark dark historical context to those things mm-hmm. that bring them into a brand new light which i think is a little bit different uh you know gypped and rule of thumb versus retarded i i think those are a different kind of ball game right um, right right yeah more I- of the the historic ones that was you took me on a fun ride there. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> Well, I have one last one because I, I have one last one just to finish it off. Well, don't be um, holding out. Don't be holding out, man. I need to Yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Last one, last one. Uh, it's hooligans. And hooligans. Uh, hooligans. And hooligans actually refers to a particular family um, oh. in the, the, the new immigrant days of America when it was uh, a little, little infant. And uh, the Irish people, was an Irish family who had been discriminated and treated very, very poorly in on the East Coast in particular states um, as they tried to find their way into being good working American con- contributors. And so um, when you call hooligans, it's, it's a thing particularly to the Irish, but apparently to living as a whole to refer to them as being dirty um the hooligans were referred to to as being uneducated and um um thieves and just deplorable people um and when in fact they 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 were not and it's been thus used um their last name has now been used as a connotation for bad people people looking for trouble hooligans Nice. That one's good. It reminds me of mud. 
the la- the guy with the last name Mud, and he did something. There's historical context to his his last name, and then a saying that it goes with Mud, like you, something something is Mud or something. And, oh, okay. Uh, and it's just the same thing as as that. It's uh, the last name of it's a person. It's crazy, yeah. right? It's crazy to think that a family name could have such a uh, a lasting impression on the speech of a society. Uh, and and cross over to many 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 generations i mean hooligans is a word you know certainly it's it's like malarkey it's a little dated for sure it's not used as often but hooligans is a pretty known word to meaning a particular type of people right Um, right and so i just think criminals hard heads right Right, right, right. A whole, a whole bit bevy of things. Yeah, but all negative generally, and it's and it's literally a, a family's name. So it's kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. Yeah, crazy. It, it's it, just an overall arcing idea, you know, words and and things that we've said. I mean, now we know, and so maybe we won't use these particular sayings or words, but. To be able to have the conversation and not cancel words altogether without knowing, you know, when we do better, when we know better, we do better. And so um, it's fun to know the history of it, to understand. And when you do, then you can you can stop using it, find different replacement words or whatever. But yeah, retarded is a little bit. And again, I'm sorry if, if that's offensive. Um, it's it was a uh, used known medical terminology and so you know it's in it's in medical books um it's it's a word that um and and and, and when you talk about things growing in nature um if something grows uh differently than what it ought to be it it, you know a, a branch is somehow far different than all the other branches it's retarded you know um and maybe not negative in that you know there's no negative connotation when we're talking about plants but somehow it's turned itself into that and so people are now offended to the point where the words no longer used and that's kind of that's kooky but right 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 i can dig that yeah i i am uh, all in line with altering sayings and even words in my speech to avoid or to keep myself from maybe either either offending someone or overly offending someone that I might be directly speaking to. Um, certain things I may not change just in my average everyday average speech. But for example, I know a lot of people that say, you know what I'm saying? And right. that that is an irritating thing to have be repeated after every few words for many people. And so if I can tell that I'm speaking with someone and saying that is an irritant to that person, then if I care about the communication that I'm having with that person and understanding certain things could be triggers and hurdles to uh, effective, efficient communication, then I should be cognizant of that and uh, empathetic enough, I guess, to... to Well, that's a... Yeah. Not to cut you off, but I think that's the key to what you just said is, you know... um, you have to care enough, right? If you care about the conversation, if you care about the person. And and ultimately, um, I was reading some scriptures today. Um, and I think ultimately, and because I was listening to that Midnight Man with Dave Chappelle and uh, Most Def uh, and that other guy that I cannot say his name. So I, I, I hate that Black I Bob. leave him out. 
no, 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 Black Thought's not on there. Not that he wouldn't oh. be, uh, but no. Talib. Uh, oh, ta- ta- Talib Kwali. Yeah, Talib Kwali. I hope that Speaking is how that, you say I got I just got to pause. The Bhagavad Gita. I said Bhagavad Gita. It's actually Bhagavad Gita. Yes, Sorry. that, yeah, man, I definitely want to get more into that. Um, I need to read a little bit more of that. I was uh, le- learning about the Sikhs as well, the Sikh religion. Yeah. And that yeah, is a really right. intriguing uh, religion. I love uh, its tenets. I love what the time that it takes to wrap their heads um, in in the wrap that they're required to wear not required but but asked and it's part of their devotion to god is is a time when they reflect they're quiet they you know they 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 put that on with purpose and intent and i like that i, I like when anybody lives with intent because it means that you're being conscious it means that you're being aware and and to the point of of being compassionate and caring about conversation i think that we can all use a little more love a little more compassion a little more grace when we're dealing especially with people that we disagree with and that seem um, antithetical to our own values because, you know, man, we were all babies and we're all in this going to the same place at the end of this life. You know, I, I don't know if it's going to be heaven or whatever, but I mean, we're all walking to the death, the end of our lives. We're all, all on that same path and we all started as babies. And so, um the similarities and humanity that we share and we're connected to, we, we ought to be more cognizant to, to. And if if it means that I have to be more aware of the words I use, um, you know, in context. Now, when I'm being funny and I'm trying to be funny, you know, sometimes you say the absurd, you say those things that are taboo, um, that are even offensive. Um, sometimes to show their offensiveness, really, um, through laughter and, and funny. But... But aside from that context, I'm gonna try and be more um, cognizant of the words that I use and and what they mean. So, sound good, buddy? <laughs> that was too much talking. You're no longer connected. sweet treats yum so I wanted to share with you guys a new concept on the word love normally love is l-o-v-e and it seems that everybody has some connotation in their mind of what love is what it looks like what it feels like that they want it or they don't want it but there's no real defining markers as to what love is in action, right? Like, oh, it's being nice to somebody or it's caring about somebody. But this new concept on the word love and how we think about loving somebody in action, what what are those actions that when you love somebody, you ought to be giving or doing? 
And so the concept is to think of love as L-U-V. So listen, understand, and validate. It didn't mean you have to agree, right? But when you love somebody, you listen, and that means keeping your mouth shut, (laughs) and you listen, just listen out your own voices talking over when they're talking like just listen and then there's understanding l-u understanding and i think that that speaks to empathy um although you might not have the same feelings or the same perception of things Understanding is taking away what you see the world as and putting yourself in somebody else's shoes, preferably the person you quote-unquote love, and seeing from their shoes, their perspective. That's understanding. And if while listening, understanding becomes challenging, I think you should get clarity so that you can understand better. And then the last letter in L-U-V, love, is validation. And this has been a real touchy subject in the last few years because with the PC police and um, microaggressions being tossed around and um, this new awakening, if you will, this wokeness that people seem to think they're experiencing has lend itself to validating being discussed more in in the light of quote-unquote gaslighting and gaslighting essentially for those of you who are not familiar with what it means but have heard it batted around much like the quote-unquote Karen phenomenon it's not just making somebody upset and pouring gas on something if you will in fact it's far more dubious in that it's when you describe how you're feeling your perception of some moment in time or some experience that you've had and somebody says oh you are crazy or oh you're emotional or um oh you must be that time of the month in in other words invalidating or not accepting what it is you are speaking to as your personal experience how the conversation has affected you how certain words have affected you what the overarching theme that you are trying to get across is absolutely ignored is put into a box of silliness or overreaction or whatever. It just does not validate you and your feelings and certainly lends itself to one feeling like you haven't been listened to and certainly haven't been understood. And so probably not feeling very loved. And so I pose this challenge to you, my listeners, If you love somebody, and I guess you need to evaluate whether or not you really love someone, if this challenge is too 
uh, difficult for you to take on. But the challenge is, for those you say you love, please, let's practice in action love as it should be. Listen, understand, and validate. Because I think that's how we're going to get more of what we want in a relationship from the people that we love. I also wanted to share with you guys in the sweet treats that we're going to have some more people in our neighborhood guests. Our next guest is going to be, as I spoke before in our last interview with um, the meat cutter, butcher person in our neighborhood, Stephanie, we are now going to have hopefully, fingers crossed, Amanda and Aaron joining us who are part of the forestry service um, in firefighting and in dispatch and in education and um, I'm, and some some things I don't know, their, their background, and so those will be questions that we'll ask them, but those are the people in our neighborhood that are going to come up next in episode 13, so at least that's what I'm hoping. Um, everything will work out and we can get that interview recorded and ready for you. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm kind of excited about this new little part of the podcast where we can talk to people who do kind of the everyday things that we take for granted. And let's see, what other little sweet treats did I want to share with you guys? I'm going to have to look at my notes because I'm a little bit flying by the seat of my pants. It's been pretty busy in this pantry, especially because, of course, as I spoke before, it's summertime is right around the corner and I plan on being as active as ever. People floating, camping, hiking, jumping, running, skipping, playing games, checking out the stars, staring at the clouds, you name it, we're doing it. I hope you all are having a wonderful day, and I would love for you to stick around for leftovers. I'm sure there's something I forgot to put in this uh, segment, and there will be a recipe also to follow, so stick around. I forgot quite a few things, but also part of this particular episode, I threw in a call from my brother because I was looking over some of the things I want to talk to you guys in the snack section of the episode and decided, hey, let me just talk to my brother and bounce some of it off of him. So one of the things that I did forget that I wanted to uh, share with you that was going to be in the snack section was lucid dreaming, which I have just been investigating a little more. I had often heard the term lucid dreaming. I don't know how familiar you guys are with it, but I never really understood what it was, I guess. I understood that it was like somehow you're doing stuff in your dreams, but I didn't really understand how you know that you're lucid dreaming, or it seemed like this kind of superhero power that I didn't really understand how you get to it. So, but I've been doing a little more research and hearing a few more people that I love to listen to in podcasts that I follow, and I had it described to me in a little bit more understandable terms, 
um, during a podcast um, with a couple ladies that I absolutely adore. And so here it is. Lucid dreaming is basically if you've ever been dreaming and during the dream you realized that you're dreaming. Okay, so that's like step one to lucid dreaming. I have had that. That like was a check mark for me. I was like, okay, I've definitely had those experiences. And so once you are in that moment where you're like, oh, I'm dreaming right now. You then take it a few steps further where you say, okay, I'm maybe experiencing something scary at this moment and I'm going to tell myself not to be scared, everything's okay, whatever it is. Or maybe it's I want to actually formulate some things to see in my dream. And so I have um, heard of people doing taking lucid dreaming to a whole nother level. So you just practice and I'm sure you can get to this point where I, I have a friend that's like, you know, I will never cheat on my husband because in my dreams, I lucid dream all the time on a regular basis and I have sex with all these people that no one needs to know about. They don't even need to know about it. And, you know, she reaches climax (laughs) during these lucid dreams and so she's completely fulfilled in every way no harm done no harm no foul and so I thought oh snap that's awesome and also maybe a really good way to deal with feeling lonely during the pandy and stuff you don't have to worry about birth control or condoms or even you know the 15 minutes after those great feelings going who did I just do that with not that I've had that moment (laughs) but maybe some of you have I don't know um but anyway so yeah so in lucid dreaming you could have all those fun experiences and then also there was um another girlfriend of mine that was like oh yeah before I have like an interview or some some you know crescendo moment that she's going to be experiencing she will purposely lucid dream about that moment or that um, expectation of hers and walk through it and it she says that it's like half the time it's muscle memory once she gets to the actual real-time moment in reality world and not subconscious and so I thought oh snap this is another great way to kind of command the mind which seems to be the ultimate trick in living this beautiful life that um, we've gotten an opportunity to live. So that was one thing that I forgot. I also wanted to mention in Sweet Treats, and I didn't get to it, and not a big thing, and it won't take a lot of time, but Tawny Katane, who in the uh, mid to late 80s was a um, cultural, pop culture, rock culture icon um, from a video from White Snake. People are going to be very upset that I'm not naming the song, but I can't remember it, and I didn't bother to look it up. Although the video is, you know, like I can still see it in my mind's eye, Tawny Katane in a white dress, the wind machine doing its thing, and she is on top of the hood of, I think, a Firebird Pontiac. I'm not sure something like that one of those douche mobiles no offense kind of offense sorry um (laughs) but tawny herself gorgeous red hair six foot thousand feet high legs that go to her neck gorgeous gorgeous smile she did not subsequently age well and she you know in my opinion died young um 
and I'm sorry to see her gone. And I didn't see a whole lot of people talking about her at all. And, you know, she held a place in um, pop culture history for a good little swath of time. And there's still people, at least from my generation, who uh, you name Tawny Katane and they get a big old smile on their face and it brings back real fond memories. So I wanted to do a shout out to her. Rest in peace. Tawny. And I wanted to remind you guys that you can support this podcast with a small financial donation just to help me keep these episodes going, make the quality a little bit better. As you could tell in the phone call with my brother, there are some hiccups that I am still working out. And I do so appreciate you bearing with me. But if you want to help me get the boat uh, further along, you can go to Anchor. Dot fm a n c h o r dot fm look up mama's pantry and hit the support button you can start at 99 cents a month 499 and i think it goes up to 14.99 i appreciate all the support just listening means the world to me so thank you so so very much there's a recipe left and then i'll see you in episode 13 Here we are, recipe time. This is a semi-homemade recipe. Some of the items are gonna be store-bought and already um, prepared. And then we're gonna add to to make it our very own. These are known as my children have named them heavenly rolls. They are a sweet roll that normally uh, we use at breakfast or brunch, but you can eat them any time of the day or night as a sweet treat. Let's get right into the ingredients. You're gonna get one of the refrigerated pop can dough from Pillsbury called the croissant sheet. So they're not pre-cut croissants that are in the can. It's one solid dough sheet. You get one sheet per can. We're gonna use one can of the Pillsbury croissant sheets. We're gonna have one cup of hazelnuts. You can omit the nuts. This is something we add at the end just for the topping. And if you don't like nuts or you have an allergy, you can go ahead and omit that. We're gonna have one cup of lemon curd, half a cup of cream cheese or mascarpone, which is very much like cream cheese without the tanginess of cream cheese. You can find that in your cheese aisle. The lemon curd you can find in your jelly or jam aisle. Three teaspoons of cinnamon, which you will divide one and a half teaspoon and one and a half teaspoon. We're gonna use that in two parts of our recipe. One small lemon that you are going to grate the rind off of so that we can use that for flavoring. And we're gonna have two tablespoons of the juice of the lemon that we're gonna use. One quarter teaspoon, a quarter teaspoon of salt, one half can of sweetened condensed milk, a half a cup of powdered sugar, one egg white, so we're not going to use the yolk, just the white, and two tablespoons of regular tap water. Now, let's get to the prep. Preheat your oven to 375 degrees. Go ahead and lightly grease your cookie sheet and mix together in a bowl 
the cup of lemon curd, the half a cup of cream cheese or mascarpone, the one and a half teaspoons of cinnamon, the quarter teaspoon of salt, and mix that together well. In another bowl, we are going to add the half a can of sweetened condensed milk, the quarter cup of powdered sugar, the two tablespoons of lemon juice, the lemon rind that we have grated, add that in, that should be about, oh, I don't know, about a tablespoon, and mix that together. Oh, and the other, um, sorry, the other teaspoon and a half of cinnamon also goes into with the condensed milk, powdered sugar, lemon juice. Mix those together. That combination, the second bowl, is your icing. So if you don't like the thickness, you can add a little bit more, do about a tablespoon at a time of the powdered sugar mix till you are happy with that. Um, oh, and you know what we forgot? A teaspoon of vanilla. That needs to go into your icing as well. Let's punch up the flavor a little bit. Mix that icing, set it aside, or put it in the fridge. You will need to mix it again before you go to drizzle it over the heavenly rolls when they come out of the oven. Now, with the hazelnuts, if you're using the hazelnuts or any nut, put a single coating on another, a separate cooking sheet, put it in the oven for about a minute, and keep your eye on it. We're going to bake those at 400 just to get some of the oils out and to toast them ever so slightly. When they come out and they've cooled, go ahead and crush those. We want them to be a nice crushed nut that we're going to just sprinkle over the top of these heavenly rolls once we have iced them, once they've come out of the oven. Okay, so we have our lemon curd, our cream cheese, and our cinnamon and salt mixed together. Now we're going to roll out that long sheet of dough that we've gotten from the Pillsbury Pop refrigerator can. We're going to have it so it's rectangle long ways. Um, you're going to spread the lemon curd cream cheese cinnamon mixture evenly, um, maybe a nice quarter inch thickness. Not too much, you don't want it to ooze out too much and don't want it to be too messy. Spread that out evenly and now you're going to roll up lengthwise that roll into a nice tight um, log, if you will. <laughs> and then you're going to cut it right in the center. Find the center of that roll, cut it in the center, and then from the center to the edges, go ahead and try to cut an even number, five to six on each side. So you're going to make 10 to 12 of these rolls. You're going to set the rolls on the cookie sheet, cut side, cut side up, and bake them in that preheated oven for eight to nine minutes, keeping an eye on them as you get closer to the eight or nine minute mark to make sure that they're browning nicely. Now, two things we forgot before you put that cookie sheet into the oven. Here it is. You have an egg wash. That egg white and those two tablespoons of tap water you're going to mix in a small bowl with a fork. You're just mixing them nice together. We're going to brush this egg wash on top of the rolls prior to putting them into the oven. 
and we're not going to put that egg wash onto those rolls until once we've got them on the cookie sheet we put them into our refrigerator to chill for approximately 15 to 20 minutes this is right before you put them into the oven we want to chill the dough we want to chill the middle ingredients that are the filling that's in the dough so that when it cooks it's more likely to keep its shape and not flatten and become a, you know a frisbee <laughs> so now that it's chilled we've got our egg wash on the heavenly rolls we're going to put them in the oven for like i said eight to nine minutes keeping an eye on them they're going to brown very very nicely they should not take very long at all when they come out before they start to cool go ahead and take that icing mix it up really well take a fork and lift the icing with the fork and let it drizzle over the top of those rolls don't worry about being messy this is supposed to be fun in fact you should be listening to the podcast while you're doing it this could be a shared experience between the two of us in any case after you've drizzled take those crushed nuts that have been toasted ever so beautifully um, go ahead and sprinkle don't drizzle because that's kind of weird but sprinkle (laughs) that crushed nut right on top of those already iced heavenly rolls take them off the cookie sheet put them on a plate and bon appetit